now listening to the Paul McGuire Report. And I want to talk about one of the most important super events in all of history, and that is the Passover. What is the Passover? Well, I'll tell you what the Passover is not. The Passover is not some cute fairy tale religious story. The Passover was a commemoration, a celebration, a ritual, if you will, but a ritual in the sense that the Passover is and was anchored into multidimensional reality and anchored into space-time history. So what do I mean? Well, let's go to the Bible. And the Bible, by the way, if, if you're reading the Bible as a religious book, then you are missing the target. In fact, if you're reading the Bible as a, quote, religious book, you have become the target. There's a bullseye on your back because you have become a soft target. How do people become soft targets? People become soft targets by not truly believing the Bible by faith and truly believing the Bible through scientific evidence and historical fact. So it's my prayer that on today's Paul McGuire Report, that when we finish with this program, you undergo a powerful paradigm shift in your consciousness and your mind, the mind of Christ, is what it should be. The mind of Christ operating in you should undergo a powerful transformation, a paradigm shift that can only be produced by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you go through that paradigm shift, you come out on the other side and you no longer look at the Bible like I used to. Talk about a guy who was deluded. I was like the, 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 the king of the hill in terms of the depth of my delusion. I was so deluded, I thought that the Bible was a fairy tale book, a symbolic book. And, and that idea didn't just pop into my head by accident. That idea of the Bible being a fairy tale book popped into my head via the indoctrination, the propaganda, the scientific mind control, and the brainwashing I received as a child raised in an atheistic, existentialist household. And so I remember, uh, because I used to read anywhere from 25 books to 50 books a month, and I, 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 I read real fast. I'm a speed reader. But that doesn't mean I'm not grasping um, the intensity of the, of, of the material and, and the truth of God's Word, because I am grasping the intensity of God's Word and, and the truth of God's Word. So here we are, and no longer should we ever, none of us should ever yield to the inclination or the temptation that. Um, the Bible is like a fairy tale or a mythological book or a cute little book to entertain, you know, dumb people, etc., etc. That's not what it's about at all. The Bible is the only book in the history of mankind, it's the only book in the history of mankind that contains embedded into it, embedded into the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, is 
and extra-dimensional power known as the dunamis, or that's a translation. Dunamis is a translation of the word the dunamis, the dynamite detonation, nuclear-like explosion that detonates in the invisible realm. So the Bible is a supernaturally charged book. And when the Bible detonates, that that detonation is called, in the original text, the dunamis. And and the dunamis, it was called the dunamis before uh, mankind even had yet invented uh, the term dunamis, which means the dynamite explosive power of God. And so when Jesus tells his disciples in the the New Testament that we are to receive, and it wasn't an option, it wasn't, uh, you know, check this box uh, type of a deal. It was like, take it or leave it, Jesus was saying. If you want to be my disciple, not some chunky monkey, funky, I like that, not some chunky monkey, funky, religious, religious uh, ice cream. And and when I say religious ice cream, what comes to my mind immediately, unfortunately, is my favorite ice creams like Ben and Jerry's and others. And I have heard allegedly that those ice creams and many others like them, uh, the reason they taste so like exotic and, and you almost go on a high eating this ice cream, the reason for that is that they put into those exotic ice creams uh, what they call a chemical called excitotoxins. And an excitotoxin is is actually a toxin. It's a very mild poison. And an excitotoxin is a very mild chemical uh, embedded in in, the higher-grade ice creams and and when the ice cream touches your taste buds in your mouth and your tongue, et cetera, et cetera, it ignites your senses, and all of a sudden you enter uh, an altered state of consciousness in the sense that when you eat this ice cream that that contains an enormous amount of excitotoxins, your neurological system activates an entire spectrum. Of, of exotic chemicals which are activated, and when they're activated, you go into a sensory taste bud, altered state of consciousness, which, which makes you go into an ecstatic or a, a, a mode of ecstasy when you eat the ice cream. And now, now for those of you, of you that are skeptical, why do you think it is that you can, you know, get a big bag of Cheetos or potato chips, whatever your thing is, blue corn chips, whatever your, your thing is, or, or candy, certain candies, and definitely ice cream and definitely milkshakes? Why do you think it is that you can't have, you know, the old proverbial um, advertising slogan, I'll bet you can't just eat one? And you can't. You, you have it in front of you, whether it's pretzels or whatever or ice cream or whatever, and you can't, you're like like a pig on heroin, and you can't stop eating it. You can't stop shoving the spoon in your mouth because those excitotoxins are taking uh, 
allegedly, I have to say allegedly for legal reasons, but they're taking the allegedly uh, uh, high-end ice cream and they're morphing it and transforming it into an, an ice cream, which is a total sensory bud turn on. And you are like in ecstasy. Every time you take a bite of that ice cream, you, you're in, in some kind of extra planetary orbit and you can't stop eating it. Now, you know what I'm talking about. Let's not play games. Every one of you has had to wrestle with that temptation because it's an overwhelming temptation. And so you can't eat just one. You can't just have one spoonful. You have this inner insatiable craving to keep stuffing your mouth with the ice cream, the milkshake, the candy, whatever it is, because every time you put it into your taste buds, it, it lights your neurological system up like a, like a Christmas tree. I mean, if you could see your neurological system under an electronic instrument, you would see that your sensory system is just lit up like a Christmas tree, and you are put in a temporary state of ecstasy um, until it subsides or until you get sick to your stomach because you've stuffed yourself like a pig. Uh, you've stuffed yourself into oblivion. Now, did I exaggerate it at all? No, I didn't. Most of you don't know what an excitotoxin is. Some of you do. I do. Why? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm the willing victim. When I say willing, it's because of my own weakness. I'm the willing victim of eating too much, you know, uh, at one time in my life, many, many moons ago, I was addicted to cigarettes. The cigarettes, in, in that famous movie, Starring two superstars, I can't remember their names. One guy played uh, uh, a Roman general, I think it was called the Gladiator, and the other one uh, uh, played uh, another. Uh, he played another big role, and uh, they they would fight to the death. Now the thing about them was that they 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 were not they had total passion as they engaged in combat, total passion to win. So in their inner man on the battlefield, when they were outnumbered by an incredible numerical majority of some of the most vicious warriors in the history of the world, the Goths, the barbarians, all these Germanic tribes that were genetically like seven feet, eight feet tall, and uh, I don't know how organized they were or whatever, but they they were like they were like fighting an army of of, of demons on steroids, and the the Roman style trained the Roman soldiers under the the, the Caesar. They they uh, as as the years went by. The Roman soldiers eventually succumbed uh, to the uh, Germanic barbarian tribes like the Goths, etc. Okay, so eventually you will succumb if you're eating these ice creams and stuff with the chemical, the, the chemical that produces an altered state of consciousness, uh, which is an excitotoxin. That excitotoxin creates an altered state of consciousness in your sensory system. Uh, in your taste buds, and you 
you activate an overwhelming craving for ice cream or potato chips or whatever it is. Okay, long story short. So you get the idea. And so when you go down uh, those refrigerated, uh, uh, you know, those refrigerated pathways in in the supermarket and, and you see all these foods and you taste these foods, and then after you taste them and eat them, you have an overwhelming, irresistible desire to eat more of them. The same would be true of things like the chicken pot pies of a very famous uh, uh, food manufacturer. And they're famous for their chicken pot pies. They're famous for their pies because they, those pies are loaded with salt and excitotoxins, and, and you have an overwhelming desire to eat more and more and more. So you cannot just win these battles with willpower. You have got to have something. See, in all spiritual battles in life, in all spiritual battles that you're involved in as a member of the body of Christ, a law-abiding and peaceful uh, soldier in the body of Christ. In all of the spiritual battles that you will face now and in the future, you're going to find out real quick that you're coming up against a successive series of of uh, spiritual military combat situations in which there's no way for you to win if you're relying on your mere finite human strength. The only way you can win, the only way you can turn the tide of the battle is to come to the place in your mind, in your will, in your inner man or your inner woman, by placing your faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So you've come to the place in the spiritual battle where, where it dawns upon you. That's the revelation of the Holy Spirit where it dawns upon you that the only way you can be victorious and win this battle is by relying on and putting your faith in the supernatural power, the supernatural power of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ imparts his supernatural power into you in the spiritual battle, it's only then, and it's only at that time, that you will acquire, that you will possess a transcendent supernatural power that is well able to overcome the powers of darkness as they would seek to engage you in spiritual military conflict in a multiplicity of dimensions. That's it. See, see the modern Christian church in America, and, and for most of the world, the modern Christian church in America is is I'm not saying this to be nasty, but it's weak. The modern church in America is is spiritually weak and physically weak and psychologically weak because it it is it has been deprived of the intensity of spiritual warfare. It has been deprived of the intensity of spiritual conflict which allows the individual Christian man or woman to develop and build the spiritual muscles, the spiritual power, the spiritual fortitude necessary 
to be an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Because it's only when you enter the realm of being an overcomer in Christ Jesus, it's only then that you become more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus and that you win, you take the land. So in America right now, we know for a fact, historically, theologically, scientifically, medically, we could go down the whole list. And when I come back, I'm going to to rip open the veil. I'm going to expose to you the naked, raw truth of the essence and the magnitude of the spiritual battle that we have entered, and we're simultaneously, and yet tragically at the same time, this spiritual battle that we have entered is so far beyond our normal, human, American, middle-class sources of strength that, given our present course, we are destined to fail. We are destined to be enslaved, and we are destined to be defeated if we continue to operate in what I would call, and some others would call, if you and I choose, let's let's get down to the bottom line. I don't like playing games, and I don't think you like playing games either. In in this hour of emergency, so in the time period that we're in, and what time period are we in? We're in a time period or a time zone classified in the Bible by God as the last days. You and I are in the great last days battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world. And at this pivotal time, we either, by faith, by meditating in the Word of God, by developing our our prayer, uh, by developing our prayer power, and by faith, learning how to access and tap into the supernatural power of God, and by faith, believing God to release his miracles in and through our lives, when we enter that zone, it's only then that we have the possibility of realizing and achieving and accessing the only power in the, in the known universe that contains enough energy, force, and impact to conquer and slay the evil one, which was the case of David when he engaged Goliath on the battlefield where the armies of Syria were fighting the armies uh, of the children of Israel. And and King David, or would-be King David, uh, um, denied, he refused to use the exotic, super expensive, latest and greatest uh, full armor of God in terms of the supernatural full armor of God, uh, David chose to, to, to pass on that. So David uh, was just a shepherd boy, and David trained all by himself as a shepherd boy, and David practiced his military prowess day after day, night after night, until, just like muscles, just like exercise, just like dieting, 
through the repetitive development of, of the muscles, of the willpower, of the balance, of, of all kinds of tangential um, uh, assets that this warrior, David, accessed. When you, when you analyze the entire spectrum of what he accessed, he accessed all of those things through faith. He put his faith in the power of Jesus Christ. He summoned the power of Jesus Christ by faith. And you, you and me, we can summon the power of Jesus Christ by faith. As, as, as it says in the Bible, um, it's from faith to faith. That's the way our spiritual battle grows and perpetuates. It's from faith to faith. So we are to move in the plan of God from faith to faith until we finally conquer Satan, the demons, the fallen angels, those people who have accepted the mark of the beast, fallen angel technology, and the full array of high-tech occultic weaponry that these are not like Halloween candy tricks that you play on little kids. It's possible. I want you to understand this. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that the power of God would come down upon you supernaturally right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that right now in the name of Jesus that you would be infused with supernatural power from on high in in a manner that transcends anything that you have ever previously experienced. So when Jesus said to his disciples these words, I want you to, to tarry or wait in Jerusalem until the Father sends you power from on high. So the commandment of Jesus Christ was for us, his disciples, to tarry or wait in Jerusalem until we receive the promise of the Father, which is power from on high, or the dynamite detonation dunamis power of God, which erupts in an explosion of deliverance of spiritual dynamite that changes the tide of the spiritual battle. And when God's men and women, by faith, by faith, by faith, no, we're not name it and claim it, blab it and glab it. That's a perversion of faith. But by true faith, when you and I enter into the arena where Satan is waging war against the saints, you and I, by faith, can possess what Jesus called power from on high. And it is power from on high, which is precisely what God wants to give us. So you and I can possess and acquire by faith power from on high. And when the dunamis or, or the detonation or the dynamite explosive force of power from on high detonates with a mighty spiritual explosion known as the dunamis, the explosion is so fierce that occurs in inner men and inner women. The explosion is so fierce, which occurs in society, that the net result is 
that as God's people, the disciples, are gathering in Jerusalem, crying out to God in faith in order to receive power from on high, that moments after we make that decision and we pursue God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, after we make that decision and operate in the context of that decision by faith, what happens is there is a supernatural detonation in the invisible realm, which releases a mighty explosion of the dunamis, or what is known as the dynamite power of God. And so we have two dimensions operating. We have the disciples waging war against the principalities and powers in the Roman army and the the powerful forces of the Pharisees. They are waging war. They are waging all-out war against um, the, the, the enemies of God, and they're in mortal combat or mortal conflict. And it's, it's a war of unprecedented proportions. And any, any military expert, any military scientist would tell you that without any exception, the end result of this war, this spiritual war, the end result of this spiritual war inevitably is the total decimation, the total domination, and the total defeat of the men and women of God by a supernatural power greater than themselves that they can access when they exercise their faith and by faith receive power from on high. They receive power from on high. So there they are in Jerusalem, surrounded by the mighty Roman armies that are killing. And soon after the ascension of Christ into heaven, the mighty Roman armies are slaughtering and spilling the blood and burning alive uh, the Christian martyrs. But God's men and women, who are true spiritual soldiers, they're the equivalent of the Navy SEALs of the Kingdom of God. They're the equivalent of Navy SEAL Team 6 in the Kingdom of God because they have trained to be unstoppable. They have trained to not, they have trained not to acknowledge the consciousness labeled as defeat. It's no longer in their minds because their training takes over. And God wants your training to take over. So they're in this, you saw probably <clears throat> the movie Black Hawk Down, <clears throat> which is a very bloody battle that takes place in the Middle East <clears throat> as one of these famous Black Hawk helicopters begins to spiral out of control. <clears throat> and this Black Hawk helicopter, packed with uh, <clears throat> special ops soldiers, uh, begins to spiral out of control and crashes onto the desert ground of the Middle East. And, and bullets have riddled uh, the special forces in the Black Hawk Down helicopters. And the Black Hawk Down helicopters crash and explode. And while the Black Hawk helicopter 
soldiers that are being transported in the Black Hawk helicopter as they are being assaulted by wave after wave after wave of the most powerful military force in the world, which is the SEAL Team 6, other elite super soldier teams, other of the, the highest caliber military teams. They, they have crashed. They're mortally wounded. Their bones are broken. They can barely move. They're still able to fight back. They're still able to fire, fire their weapons. But there is literally a sea, a tsunami of wave after wave after wave of, of uh, a terrifying assault um, of special ops soldiers that are now this handful of bloody, wounded men are, are forced to confront uh, a fanatical Islamic force that seeks to incinerate them in this famous confrontation known as Black Hawk Down. Many of you saw the movie. <clears throat> and I remember speaking, I remember being one of the guest speakers um, at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. I was personally invited by um, uh, Pastor Chuck Smith to be one of the keynote speakers. And they had a bunch of high-powered speakers there. Uh, all speaking on topics related to Israel and Bible prophecy. And uh, I won't name all the names, but you'd know the names of, of all of the speakers. They were the, uh, they were very renowned speakers, and I considered it an honor to be one of the speakers. And I remember arriving there early, and uh, I noticed that I was, I was parking on the, 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 the uh, ceiling. I don't know if the word is ceiling. It's, it's the, the, for, these fortified driveways where, where a lot of the cars are parked on the top floor, whatever, whatever you call that architecturally. I don't know what you call it. So just a few feet away from me, a guy pulls up in a Mustang that he had rented. Uh, I know that he rented it because they rent Mustangs a lot when you travel as a speaker. And uh, I recognized the guy immediately. Uh, the guy that was parking his Mustang just a few feet from me and getting his luggage and stuff while I was getting my luggage and stuff. We were the only people who had our cars parked on the roof of the building. I think we shared a mutual paranoia. And I think we, I mean, I'm talking about a survival based paranoia. And I think we shared uh, not only uh, a survival based paranoia, but I think we both chose to park in the isolated and semi-protected area known as the top floor because he had premier hardcore military training, anti-terrorism training, counter-Marxist insurgency training, and I had a different kind of training. But we were kindred souls. I wasn't formally in the military, although I'm a spiritual warrior. but. We had kindred souls in the sense that I was battle-ready because I grew up in New York City, and uh, I had to learn how to survive in New York City against very powerful and very physically aggressive gang members who were heavily armed and would seek, just for the whim of it, would seek to kill me at the drop of a hat. 
And so that that forged in my personality, even though I, I was raised in an intellectual, atheistic, transhumanist home, uh, growing up on the streets of New York City provided the, the white-hot fires to shape and mold my personality to be battle-ready and to amplify my survival and to amplify my my uh, abilities to defend, either defend in a defensive position or to, to go on the offensive in an offensive position. So I had my own military training, the streets of New York City. And the streets of New York City, and excuse me for the verbiage of saying damn, but the streets of New York City, unlike many cities, are one damn good place to learn how to survive and conquer. Okay. So anyway, I looked at him, and uh, I had always, I had always entertained in my mind that I had a particular question that I wanted to ask him if we had ever met in person. And God has a, a strange habit of answering those wishes, but they're not really wishes; they're prayers. So when I, I said that prayer years ago, and uh, there I was with. Uh, famous general. He was the famous general who orchestrated the, the, the counterattack to rescue U.S. soldiers in the, in the famous Black Hawk Down military operation. He was famous worldwide, and he's a strong Christian. And uh, he, he was definitely battle-ready. And if I if I dropped his name, which I may only for the purposes of historical identification, um, I walked over to him and I asked him a question. I, I started out like I always do. I try to be sensitive to the speakers because they're talking all day long. But well, people don't understand that. That's a lot of work. Praying and talking for people can be exhausting, especially if you pour your life out on them. I'm going to come back with this famous general from Black Hawk Down. It's a true story and tell you what he told me. And I want to share it with you. And from there, we're going to continue on into the Passover. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. And that's paulmcguire.us. This is Paul McGuire. We'll be back in a second. This is Paul McGuire of the Paul McGuire Report. We're going to talk about, we are talking about Passover, by the way, because Passover is when you, by faith, sacrifice a pure animal, lamb, spill the blood of a pure, undefiled lamb. You, you spill or paint the blood on the doorpost of your house if you're a believing Jew. And this first occurred, of course, during the time of Pharaoh and the ancient occultic, uh, ancient occultic Egyptian empire. Now, I've done an enormous amount of study. I've written 48 books on this. I talk a great deal about what I call, what I define as the Pharaoh God-King system, which explains the real meaning, science, techno technology, and supernatural power inherent in not only the pyramids, but the massive, massive network of gigantic tunnels 
and and gigantic deep underground chambers and sophisticated technologies like water pumps and specific electro yeah you know you know some of you need to get over your ignorance which you 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 illegitimately married with unbelief and doubt our christian schools and seminaries sorry guys truth is truth it is married with that you married illicitly unbelief you married your unbelief with truth, and then you're shocked to find out why you're powerless. You're powerless is because you can't mix unbelief with truth, because unbelief will erode the power of truth, which comes through integrity in God's Word. So I see the general, and by general I mean the famous general, probably many of you know his name, General William Boykin who is the head of the extremely elite special forces unit known as Delta Force. And when you see that movie Black Hawk Down, you better brace yourself when you see it because it's a a true story. When you see that movie Black Hawk Down and you see our American soldiers pinned down under heavy fire and, and these Islamic terrorist factions are surrounding our helicopter, especially one, and our soldiers are are you know kind of barricaded in, in in this helicopter and some other places, and they're under heavy fire. They're under grenade launch rocket grenade launchers. Bombs are going off. People are walking right up to their helicopter and their other barricaded positions, and they're chopping their arms off. Then then because they know the TV and film cameras are on. They are deliberately dragging the bloody bodies of alive but heavily wounded American soldiers through the streets, chanting and, you know, those weird Islamic chants of victory or whatever. They're demonic chants. And our our soldiers are being tortured. They're they're on death's door, man. Okay? That's that's the, the reality of it. And so General Boykin was pulled in towards the—I don't know how many hours this thing, this nightmare went on, but it went on a long time. General Boykin was pulled in to get our guys out. And I believe—I'm not sure about this because I don't have the film in front of me, but I believe he's the commanding general at the end of the movie that, that comes in with uh, Black Hawk Down troops, tanks, missiles— Heavy firepower, helicopters, rocket uh, launching helicopters, and all kinds of stuff. And uh, you need to see the movie. Because if, if you don't believe in America and freedom in America and the vital importance of freedom for America, I promise you, you will after watching this movie. Okay, so uh, I see General Boykin. He's a few feet away from me. I walk a few feet briskly. But not trying to like pounce on the guy, you know what I'm saying? So I introduce myself, uh, you know, so I am from the, the speaker's brochure, and we have spoken at other conferences together. And I said, you know, I understand you're really busy and I don't want to intrude on your time. I said, but General Boyk, can I just ask you just one question? Because uh, Christians from all over the nation and the world are constantly asking me. For an answer to this question, I give them what I think my answer is from my research, but could you please offer up to me your expert opinion 
about this. And so I cut to the chase and I said, General Boykin, many, many people ask me through my books, through conferences, et cetera, et cetera. They're continually asking me that they've heard rumors that there are these uh, like concentration camp type. I didn't say concentration camp. Notice that. I said concentration camp type, concentration camp looking. Notice I'm being precise here. I'm not saying it's a concentration camp. I'm saying it looks like one, okay? There are structures that look like they serve a dual purpose, a dual purpose of concentration camp, re-education camp, prison camp, and death camp, or whatever you want to call it. And I said, and what people want to know, and I said it's a large number of people, because I was speaking to millions of people uh, a month when I met Boykin, General Boykin. Like whatever the highest star general, what is it, five star general? I don't know what he was, five star, four star general. Anyway, he looks at me right in the eye, eyes reflecting total integrity, which tells me, sorry for the street smart language, but when I look into a man whose eyes are filled with integrity, you know, your eyes perceive that this guy's a guy of integrity. The street smarts in you plus the power of the Holy Spirit uh, enabling you supernaturally to discern the spirits is telling you that this guy is a man of truth, integrity, and honor. And so he, he answered me. He said, Paul, he said, of, of all the... He, first of all, he was not surprised at all by my question. And then he immediately answered, without any hesitation, hemming and hawing or dodging the bullet, no pun intended, he immediately answered me by saying, of all the questions that I get asked, Paul, and that our ministry get asked, gets asked, going back decades, he said, the number one question the ministry gets asked and I get asked is what you just asked me. He said, and that is, people want to know about what they've read, what they've seen in pictures, what has been discussed written in books, et cetera, et cetera. And that is, uh, what is, are there really secret re-education camps, secret prison camps, dumb, or for an acronym for deep underground bases, which are deep underground base prison camps, uh, uh, remote location prison camps, um, you know, barbed wire, massive walls, guard towers, you know, the underground tunnels, and then everything uh, on the spectrum of remote military prison uh, confinement, uh, isolated islands, large uh, 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 imprisonment facilities in remote areas like the desert in the middle of nowhere and the blazing sun in, in, in you know, the, the most remote and savage places on planet Earth. And, and then he said, the question that everybody asks me, and my fellow generals and my fellow high-level officers, it's always the same wherever we go. He said, Paul, it's the number one question that we get asked. So, so get this. One of the most prestigious generals in the United States is telling me, this is the number one question that he and his generals get asked on a regular basis. And the question is, 
Are they building these concentration camps, these re-education camps, these what look like, I'm not saying they are, but look, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they are. I'm saying they look like, there's a difference. But these, these like buildings that look like what the Nazis constructed in Auschwitz and the concentration camps, with, with the ovens that burn people alive, with the gas chambers which burn people alive. But it gets a lot heavier than that. I mean, I'm talking about, I do deep dive research, which means I do research which most people can't get to because of the fear factor. Their, their psychological denial system is activated, and they, and they can't do the deep dive to find the truth. I've read the studies of uh, military-industrial complex weaponry where they put microchips in the human body. Well, we all know that. But these microchips placed in the human body are placed in all the occupants or the prisoners of these prison camps or these jails. And so anywhere they are on the prison yard, in the hall, any place they are in this remote prison compound, or even miles away from the prison compound, many miles away from the prison compound, the RFID transmitting chip, the microchip implant, is sending a signal telling the guards and the officers exactly where you are, where you're going, where you've been, and then there's an electronic map. And if they detect that you're trying to escape because of the uh, EMF data and information that you're transmitting, if they detect that you're trying to escape or, 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 or getting farther and farther uh, uh, geographically into territory which would allow you to escape, the new generation, I, I read the whole report, man, I studied the whole thing in detail, the new generation of microchip implants um, with the, the, the flick of a switch the microchip implant contains a microscopic but super, super powerful dose of stuff that's even more powerful than the, than the, the most powerful narcotic fentanyl and the other, you know, like super, super narcotics. So if they think you're escaping, you, you're not going anywhere because they press a button that could activate a uh, uh, fall to your knees and surrender order. Through wireless telepathic technology, yes, it exists. I did my homework. Did you do yours? Or they can drop you dead by releasing a dangerous chemical or paralyzing substance or a chemical substance that can kill you through the microchip implant. And that's just the beginning. Since I read that report, and I contain, by the way, I put in my books the latest cutting-edge technology and information, because you need to know what it is. And in the technology and information, the latest stuff, I documented, I included in my brand new books, which you've got to get if you want to survive. Um, My new books like Power from on High, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, um, um, conquering the Matrix, The Day the Dollar Died, all of these books 
talk in detail about how these technologies work and what's most important for you to understand, and you have to understand if you want to survive, is that the information that I have in my books is cutting edge. It's up to the minute information and data about the latest technology designed to drop you dead or or paralyze your brain or track you, you know, 30, 40 miles away or whatever. And I, I, I explained that many technologies that are employed in this. Now, I didn't get into all that with, with uh, the general because it, it was obvious he was aware of all that because that's, that's the, the, the field he's in. So we stayed on this topic because this is, is the important topic. It's not just how science fiction-like and how deadly this technology it is. It's like, he, he said to me the question that I keep getting asked, why is our military, why is the global military, the armies of the global reset, et cetera, et cetera, why are our armed forces and special forces, et cetera, et cetera, why are they building technology that can kill you? And is it true that they're specifically targeting identifying and profiling born-again, Bible-believing Christians to be captured and locked down in these electronic prison camps. Is that true? Is it true that these remote prison camps, these deep underground bases, dumb, these remote location re-education camps, these things have multiple, multiple thick walls, multiple rows of barbed wire. But it's so far more than that. The whole thing is electrified. It's tracked by satellite. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I don't have time. So the General Boykin of Delta Force tells me, if you had asked me this question, Paul, or if you had asked my fellow military generals and high-level officers, if you had asked me the same question 20 or 30 years ago, we would have all kind of sloughed it off and said, well, no, there's no way that, that, that our government would be building these, these concentration camps and these prison camps to house Christians, Bible-believing Christians, uh, uh, Bible-prophecy-believing Christians, patriotic Americans, Americans that believe in the Constitution. We, there's no way we would have believed that these in electronic state-of-the-art prison facilities are and were being built to imprison patriotic, Christian, law-abiding men and women and children. There's no way you could have convinced us that our own military was in the business of spending billions of dollars to build these compounds to imprison Americans, law-abiding Americans. There's no way. Then he paused slightly and he said to me, he said, but tragically, when you ask me that same question today, or my fellow officers or fellow experts in the military, what the purpose is of these camps and these deep underground bases, he said, sadly to say, most of us, he said, including myself, 
are gravely concerned about the potentiality and about the very high possibility that these prison camps, that these re-education camps, that these remote prisons, that yes, they are being built for the specific purpose of imprisoning Christians, imprisoning Bible-believing Christians, born-again Christians, uh, Bible prophecy-believing Christians. And so he said to me, this isn't a joke. He said, our nation, he said, as you probably know, he said, General Boykin said to me, he said, as you probably know, um, these deep underground bases, which are like, you know, way, way, way deep, buried underground in the desert, places like that, they contain massive underground facilities for the purpose of imprisonment, torture, uh, cloning, and, and, and weird experiments. So if you asked us the same question today, we would all tell you that we privately believe that there is a very high possibility, if not probability, that these prison camps are being built specifically to warehouse and imprison Bible-believing, Bible-prophecy-believing, law-abiding, patriotic Christians. And that is, as this Marxist coup finalizes in America, and America becomes like communist China and Cuba and communist Russia, as this radical, satanic revolution continues in America, that this, this nightmare this concentration camp nightmare is is not this is not a paranoid evaluation he said in our opinion it's something that we are all very very concerned about and we perceive it as a clear and present danger now i talk about this in detail i talk about the laws and the legislation that have green lighted the budgets and the building of these concentration camps, the people who designed them. I talk about, and I quote them, the men, the scientists, the military engineers, and everybody else who has participated in designing and building these concentration camps, just like General Boykin said existed. And all he did, he didn't surprise me by what he said, he simply confirmed uh, my worst suspicions based on my very, very intense deep dive research. So ask yourself the question, remember what the Jews said. Remember it. Don't ever forget it. It's an historical warning. The Jews said regarding when they found out that there were concentration camps and gas chambers and the whole deal. The Jews said they, they, they rebuffed the entire notion of it. They dismissed the entire notion of it by glibly saying, it can't happen here. It can't happen here. What can't happen here? Germany has Christian values. Germany is a Christian nation. There's no way that in Nazi Germany, the government is going to build concentration camps, gas chambers, firing squads, MK Ultra torture programming and all the rest of the stuff. There's no way that Nazi Germany and the armies of Nazi Germany are, are, are planning and financing and, and building um, 
state-of-the-art concentration camps, um, uh, gas chambers, and so on and so forth. And many of them, because I do deep-dive research, you see, a lot of people don't understand this. I don't run around town openly professing to be a prophet, okay? Because I don't want to be, I don't want that to be misconstrued as bragging. But I do do intensive research. And the caveat is this. The research I do is prophetic. There's a big difference between calling yourself a prophet and embarking in research, which is prophetic. So I can tell you with a clean conscience, without bragging, that on a regular basis, the Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, regularly and on an ongoing basis, supernaturally, leads me into specific areas and often exotic and, humanly speaking, very strange areas, and the Lord leads me and directs me supernaturally through His Spirit to investigate and research and do my homework and do all due diligence in studying and doing a deep dive into some of the strangest and most esoteric scientific military, biological, genetic, interdimensional, extra-dimensional, and that's just the beginning, scientific mind control, that's just the beginning, that's the warm-up act of the level of research the Lord has called me to do. Because when I was a child, all through childhood to teenage years and, and beyond, the Lord has supernaturally equipped me to assimilate this information, understand this information. The Lord has equipped me to, to be able to process it, where most people would have a nervous breakdown or go into denial. And in addition to that, the Lord has uh, equipped me and trained me on a very high level because of the grace of God. The Lord has trained me uh, to learn and process information on an extremely high level, which incorporates a diversity of exotic fields of research, such as scientific mind control, psychedelic drugs, microdosing, remote viewing, out-of-body experiences, OBEs, majoring in altered states of consciousness, uh, mass mind control, uh, MK Ultra LSD uh, 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 programming, um, um, neural implants, microchip implants, then, you know, this is on a weekly and many times a month basis, or the Lord will lead me through His Spirit. And so, for example, about eight years ago, probably ten years ago, the Lord led me specifically to do a deep dive and begin to, begin to do intensive research into areas like Scientific, no, this was 30 years ago. 30 years ago, the Lord led me to do scientific research into areas like uh, scientific mind control, propaganda, uh, brainwashing, uh, technological programming, the, the, everything from microdosing to the usage of psychedelic drugs like mescaline, LSD, and other drugs to reprogram your mind to expand or program your mind. Um, the Lord 
when I was deep in the new age, the Lord allowed me to go through that because of my sin and rebellion. You should not be involved in that. However, the Lord gathered all those very intense experiences, experiences that that very few people on planet Earth, many people on planet Earth have sampled the different areas of research, but very few people on planet Earth have done a deep dive and serious research along with documentation and personal experimentation into these diverse fields of enhancing uh, human intelligence, enhancing cognitive abilities, scientific mind control, history, uh, occultism, Satanism, Luciferianism, mental telepathy, remote viewing, meditation, um, chanting mantras, communicating with spirit guides, studying and experimenting with the scientific research of Dr. John C. Lilly, who created the sensory deprivation chamber known as the deep tank, and then augmented the deep tank by taking high doses of the psychedelic ketamine and LSD, which amplified uh, his out-of-body experiences and enabled him to communicate with high-level spirit guides uh, that communicated to him in a highly scientific and technological manner and in a highly advanced manner. And so, as an amateur, as a young man, I would do, he, Dr. John C. Lilly wrote about 28 books, and he was one of the fathers of the counterculture. He was also a key player in uh, altered states of consciousness. My major at the University of Missouri was altered states of consciousness. And as I studied and read and practiced all these disciplines, I discovered that many of the things that our military was conducting under the super soldier program, um, I was able to harness the, the powers unleashed by the super soldier program through my own personal inventions and experimentation with things like psychedelic drugs, LSD, mescaline, ketamine, meditation, leaving my body, mental telepathy, remote viewing. I was able to do and practice and assimilate all these things. Now, this enabled me to perfect esoteric talents like ESP and on and on and on. And that was because I was in rebellion from God. I don't recommend it at all. And Dr. John C. Lilly was being, but I didn't know it at the time. But see, the Lord began, over a period of decades, the Lord began to supernaturally reveal to me who was behind this aggressive scientific experimentation, what their motivation was, exactly what they were doing, how they did it, and numerous uh, other. pools of knowledge. So, through meditation, through LSD, and by the way, if you, I'm not telling you to do this stuff, but I do teach you in my books how it's done, why it's done, who's doing it, what their purposes is, are, and most importantly, why you need to know about it. 
because you cannot fight effective spiritual warfare unless you know and own these truths. You cannot uh, go into transcendent states and leave your body unless you understand these truths. And so I did everything. I mean, I thought out of the box. And so I built, I, I read all of Dr. John C. Lilly's books. I was majoring in altered states of consciousness at the University of Missouri. And I built in a, we, there was a large home in which we lived in. And so my uh, living quarters and bedroom and other rooms was next to a large bathroom. And what I did, kind of amateur construction, is I created and invented my own personal sensory deprivation chamber that was soundproof, that that kept the water perfectly at body temperature, uh, that knocked out all sound. Uh, I couldn't feel anything because my body was at body temperature. And then using the formula outlined by Dr. John C. Lilly, I I enhanced my sensory deprivation chamber experimentation by taking uh, medium to high doses of the psychedelic drug LSD. And so what would happen, as I saw, no, none of my senses were being stimulated, my eyes, my ears, the water, you know, it was all, there was nothing there. You would call that on one degree, on a psychological level, you would talk, you would call that or categorize that as social isolation. Now, social isolation, where you're depriving all of your senses of stimuli, produces a guaranteed psychological effect. That guaranteed psychological effect is known as sensory deprivation or social isolation. And the inevitable result of that, coupled with LSD, is when your body is dep- and your body and mind are deprived of all sensory inputs, you automatically begin to high-powered hallucinate without any drugs. After a certain period of time, after a certain amount of days go by, you begin to experience intense hallucinations. They're so intense that you can actually meet and greet spirit guides, which are really fallen angels, and communicate with them, and they will give you information. Now, because I do deep dive research, the Lord kept pushing me to go into other areas or tangential areas. And so um, I would uh, augment my experimentation in these areas through the use of psychedelic sensory deprivation, sensory isolation. And I discovered that this would propel me into a higher state or an altered state of consciousness where I would leave my body, OBE, and where I would uh, uh, communicate with spirit guides. I could practice and perfect remote viewing where you use ESP and you can locate a person, a document, a particular dangerous situation, you can see it telepathically. And in an ESP visual sense, you can see it even if this facility, let's say it's a hidden facility of some kind, a clandestine facility, you can see it and sense it and look down on it or go through it um, via a practice known as remote viewing. 
which is what our military trains our super soldiers to do by duplicating these experience, experiments. Now, let me say this one thing, because it's an important part of it. These, these impressions and directives and directions and guidance and instructions by the Lord to, to delve into exotic categories of research through a supernatural leading, in this case, by the Holy Spirit. And so what would happen was, um, I could see danger in advance and proactively deal with it. And um, God took all of my years of research, he, he burned up the, the demonic part, I don't presently participate in demonic things that have demonic anchors. I don't do it because it's dangerous. But I do follow the Holy Spirit. I do renew my mind with the Word of God. And so the Lord is continually, on an ongoing basis, teaching me, instructing me, and showing me how to access supernatural information, intelligence, locations, scientific and technological uh, uh, inventions that all have the power to enhance what they call super soldier performance or human performance. Now, how that plays out is the Lord is the Lord blesses. See, I don't run around calling myself a prophet because to me, there's, well, I'm, I'm not here to judge anybody else. I'm just telling you what the Lord told me to do and not to do. So I, I, the Lord instructs me. He told me to get involved in all the other kinds of research. Why did I get? Why did I take uh, uh, mescaline, advocated by uh, the author of Brave New World? Um, uh, and uh, why did I? Why did I take mescaline? Because the author of Heaven and Hell and the Doors of Perception was Aldous Huxley, author of the novel Brave New World. Brave New World was a futurist, futuristic depiction of what's happening in America and our world right now, and it's happening at lightning speed. So if you want to know, in terms of a precognitive or precog experience, as in the movie, uh, uh, I think it was called Oblivion, where Tom Cruise, uh, he's battling a totalitarian regime, which is constantly arresting people based on artificial intelligence and and genetically modified mediums practicing practicing occult mediumship okay and so the police will come into people's houses with helicopters and everything else because artificial intelligence merged with occult scientific research has has developed what they call precogs. Precogs are genetically modified individuals who have remote viewing power and all kinds of uh, ESP power. And they're able to predict in advance um, a future crime. And so they'll send in the armed forces and the police to arrest people, throw them in jail, or perhaps kill them, before they actually commit a pre-crime like murder or detonating a nuke or, or whatever it is. So, pre, so the future 
according to sci-fi writers and and movies like uh, um, with with uh, Tom Cruise, crimes in the future are preempted. Crimes in the future are blocked and stopped before they happen because they're harnessing the precog power and the artificial intelligence power, which consists of the merger of technology and occultism and clairvoyance and ESP and remote viewing. So you see scenes in the movie where the police come smashing through the house with helicopters and jetpacks, and they're arresting people, not for a crime they committed in the past, not for a crime that they're presently committing, but for a crime that they are soon going to commit. And, and th- so they preempt it. They, they go into the future slightly before the crime happens and arrest the individuals who are going to be criminals in the future. Now, in case you think that's nuts and wacko, it's not. That technology is up and running now. That technology has been developed and is operational now. You have to understand that. You can't fight a spiritual battle. You can't be victorious in the last days if you're going to continually look behind your shoulder and fight spiritual and cultural battles that were won or lost 30 years ago or 60 years ago. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is vital for evangelical Christians to know. Evangelical Christians have made the tragic mistake and error of fighting and attempting to win very important battles, but these very important battles have already happened. They've already occurred 65 years ago. So it's kind of like you're too late. Now, you don't have to be worshiping idols, etc., etc., in order to win the battles, the warfare that is happening right now at this nanosecond and presents a life or death situation. Hypothetical example, there, there is a nuclear weapon, or let's say there's a balloon floating from uh, Alaska across the United States, and the communist Chinese uh, have it uh, programmed to detonate uh, 18 hours after it has, through the wind, this balloon has flown uh, a fully developed electromagnetic pulse weapon that is that is engineered to detonate uh, up high in the ionosphere um, somewhere over the Midwest. So, bam, the, the, the weapon detonates up in the ionosphere, and it creates a nuclear pulse, which knocks out the electrical grid, the microwave grid, and that is called an electromagnetic pulse weapon. Now, through conventional military instruments, that cannot necessarily be detected in time enough to save America, to save the future, to save freedom, and to save billions of lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you have a clear read on what I'm telling you? It's, it's not in enough proactive time. So you need a superior and alternative technology that will enable you to detect far enough in the future or close enough to the soon coming future. You, you need to be able to employ super soldier enhancement technology like um, uh, 
remote viewing, ESP, et cetera, et cetera. When you do that, and remember, our military has the full capacity to do that. I, I, I document that in my book, Power from on High and the Greatest Battle. Everything that I've been talking to you about, I document in my books, Power from on High, The Greatest Battle, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, Conquering the Matrix, The Day the Dollar Died, and on and on. You can get them, you should master them, at paulmcguire.us. Bulk discount available now. You don't have to be driving on the freeway when you see this, this total blast and flash of light. And all of a sudden, every car on the freeway, every truck on the freeway is just come to an instantaneous stop. Commercial jet airlines, giant commercial jet airlines, the engines have stopped, and the, these giant jet airlines are literally dropping out of the sky, falling to the earth, and exploding like bombs. All water pumps, all electricity, all medicine, all food delivery, the entire American and global system is instantaneously over. The fuse blew through an EMP weapon. And I talk about this in great, specific, documented detail in Power from on High, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, Conquering the Matrix, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, and my other books. Okay, we really haven't had time to get to the parting of the Red Sea and bringing that to the place in space and time where when you put the Passover lamb, the blood of the Passover lamb on the doorposts of your house, as ancient Israel had to do during the Pharaoh God King system, what enabled them to supernaturally survive an impossible deluge of, of the violent outpouring of death and destruction and pandemics from the magicians and occultists of what I call the Pharaoh God King system. Um, they were given an advance warning to stop this global judgment. Okay? And when you, when you study this global judgment, once again, it's not a Joseph Campbell fairy tale. It's not symbolism. This global judgment, and you read all the details about it, it is a mirror of the global judgment and the national judgment against ancient Israel under Pharaoh, under the Pharaoh God-King system. And when you read the book of Revelation and you read the scroll judgments and all the other judgments, and you see the, the, the minutia and depth of, of biblical analysis of all these judgments coming upon the earth before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is a foreshadowing of um, Moses delivering uh, the children of Israel from ancient Babylon or the Pharaoh God King system. But as you will notice, the Bible is not an antiquated retro book. The Bible is a book that predicts the future before it happens, not so you can freeze frame in a, in a cerebral state of unconsciousness known as a trance state. You're given 
the information of the future in advance so that you can do something positively and preemptively before it happens. So one of the primary reasons that God's people are here on the earth in what appears to be a redo of the judgments of Egypt unleashed by the Pharaoh God God King system, that's going to repeat. And it repeats during the judgments in the book of Revelation and the judgments that are poured out upon the earth. And God is giving us a super heavy download of knowledge, of science, of supernatural power, like power from on high, so that we can be victorious in this last day's spiritual battle. Let me give you these bullet points, okay? What we see happening, the tribulation period at some point, if we're not already in it, by the way, uh, has begun, all right? The tribulation period, or the seven years of the outpouring of God's wrath, or judgment, begins with an event called, and notice how this parallels the judgments poured out on Pharaoh in ancient Egypt, which allowed the children of Israel to be delivered from ancient Egypt. Number one, as the tribulation period ignites, we see the the opening of the seven seals of God's judgment. A white horse representing conquering power. This white horse is the Antichrist, not Christ. A red horse, war and bloodshed. We have the Ukraine, we have Russia, we have communist China, we have Iran, we have a multiplicity of nations um, that have nuclear weapons, biological warfare, uh, conventional armies, satellite weapons, electromagnetic frequency weapons, 5G, 6G, 7G, and more that can vaporize the planet. In addition, we've fired up about 45,000 SpaceX satellites in the last three or four years, and they're weaponized. Then we have the Black Horse, which is famine, a series of factors all revolving around heat waves, droughts, water shortages, the mutation and the deliberate alteration of the genetic composition and the DNA of our food supply creates a environmental a man-made environmental superstorm which releases a black horse which brings a US famine and a global famine on planet earth where literally billions and billions of people die then we have the pale horse which rep- represents disease like in pandemics pestilence death, disease produced by vaccinations. Then we have, in the Seven Sealed Book, the Great Earthquake. Now, this could be a conventional earthquake due to natural weather and uh, 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 geographic pressures, or this Great Earthquake, which very possibly could impact California, um, this Great Earthquake um, could be the result of weather modification weapons, which are real, which have been around since 1947, and the weather modification weapons, which I document and I prove as a scientific fact, if you read my book, 
the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world. I give you a lengthy quote by the former head of the CIA, who gives you scientific references and details in the reality of electromagnetic frequency weapons, which can radically create weather modification conditions. And so the reality is our militaries and the global militaries have weaponized weather across the world. So whenever you see a 5G tower, a 6G tower, a 7G tower, that electromagnetic frequency has the power to boil the ions in the ionosphere and create a successive series of superstorms that can literally fry planet Earth in a very short period of time. And it's documented in my book, Power from on High and the Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. Okay, then we have total silence. Total silence, after all this stuff, is going to be eerie. Total silence, or is it really the technology of silent sound? Then we have um, hail, fire, blood in Ezekiel 38, War of Gog and Magog. And we are, are already having aberrant manufactured weather modification weapon manifestations in the form, right now as we talk, and in the past, in the form of hail, fire, and blood. Then we have a burning mountain picked up and thrown into the sea. Some people think that that's an asteroid. Then we have a, a, an asteroid, a falling star called Wormwood. Wormwood, by the way, is the name for Russia's Chernobyl. Chernobyl was a radioactive radiation explosion that occurred in Russia and killed probably millions of people through radiation poisoning. And, and the star or comet that crashes to the Earth is spreading radiation. And that star or comet is, is very interestingly named Wormwood, just like Chernobyl. Then the sun is diminished. That has happened already numerous times in the last three years. There has been a continuation of the sun going dark, the moon becoming blood, and then variations of the color of the sun and the color of the moon. And that is depicted in detail in Acts chapter 2 and in Joel chapter 2. Read it. And after all that happens, there's a great last day's outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 and Joel chapter 2. All you've got to do is get out of your spiritually drunken stupor, wake up and smell the coffee, and open yourself up to the Word of God, and allow God, and ask God, and fall on your face before God, and ask God to clothe you with power from on high. Yeah, power from on high before it's too late. All right. The sun is diminished. Then, they are presently genetically modifying and genetically engineering all kinds of insects. For the per- okay, so they're, they're in their laboratories by the trillions genetically modifying insects and bugs. Why would they do that? They left the door of the lab open because the, the original purpose of all these insects and bugs that they've released the original purpose was to use it as an alternative food supply 
for children and for adults all over planet Earth. And right now, as we speak, our children and the adult population are being brainwashed into accepting and believing that bugs are a desirable form of nourishment. All of this is in uh, the Book of Tribulation. Now, plague of locusts. Locusts can destroy miles of crops, absolute miles of crops. And then we have um, the plague of horsemen. We have the the rule of Christ. Um, We have Israel and all the... Right now, there is thousands and thousands of missiles, many of them nuclear missiles, aimed from Israel to specific hostile Middle Eastern nations. What are you waiting for to wake up? This is in Bible prophecy. And then we have the great dragon rising. The dragon always symbolizes Satan. And along with the dragon, and by the way, when you visit the the city of London, inside the city of London, the internal city of London, is is the home of all the international banking families, the Luciferian and globalist elite. And the one symbol the Rothschild family places on all the architecture of the buildings are these giant uh, full-color statues of, of dragons. Dragons everywhere. Why? Because Rothschild and his cohorts are occultists and Satanists. Then, um, Michael the archangel enters the battle. A remnant among Israel is saved. The Antichrist, the global reset, the neural implants, the 5G transmitters, your internal body um, injected with graphene oxide, a metallic substance, turns you into a like a radio broadcaster and a radio receiver. You become a transmitter and a receiver. Technologically, you you are transhuman. You're a transhumanist because you've embedded graphene oxide, a metallic broadcasting substance, into your genetic code. I'm asking you, what are you waiting for? And the Antichrist organizes all this. You receive the mark of the beast, of which you can't buy or sell, and The Antichrist heads up a one-world religion and a one-world economic system, and the false prophet uh, is involved in this, one-world government, one-world religion, one-world economic system, and then a massive um, outpouring of boils on people's bodies. The the, the oceans and the seas are, are turned into blood. Rivers are turned into blood unbearable, unbearable heat that scorches the earth, and then total darkness, and you can't see anything but total darkness, and then the Euphrates River is dried up. What would be the prophetic purpose of the Euphrates River drying up? The prophetic purpose is that when the Euphrates River is dried up, the million-man or the multi-billion-dollar-man army of communist China is freely allowed to cross over the dried-up river Euphrates, and they are now free to invade Armageddon, the Middle East, Israel, and the Valley of Megiddo. And what makes it this military uh, militarily possible for them is that the Euphrates River is dried up. So it becomes a roadway, it becomes a roadway to Armageddon. 
get it, fix on it. Um, then we see the earth and we see transhumanism prevailing to some extent. We see the decimation of all authentic, genetically pure human life. We see burning and fire. We see uh, the world system and, and Babylon uh, brought down in, in less than 60 minutes. People are afraid to enter the borders of ancient Babylon. People's wealth is brought to nothing like the impending banking crisis and the cashless society. Riches are brought to nothing because money is now worth nothing. And all activity ceases. America and the world becomes a Bible prophecy, Mad Max road warrior wasteland. And finally, the Battle of Armageddon, the marriage supper of the Lamb, the return of Christ with the church and the angels. And all of this is coming, but God has provided for you a powerful uh, means of escape if you'll put the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, on the doorpost of your home or the blood of Jesus on the doorpost of your heart. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us.